Welcome to Church Matters podcast for SGC in Marlton. This is episode number 19. I am Jason Reyes, associate pastor here at SGC. And with me, as always, is our very own Warren Betcher, senior pastor. Good to have you, Warren. How are you doing? Good to be here, doing well, and good to see your face again. Yeah, yours as well, although mine's a little bit bushier yeah, now with all my uh, facial hair going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to shave this bad boy off one day. That's so that right. Be nice. Well, listen, uh, there really is no way to make a smooth transition uh, in this regard, but this week's episode, really, we do want to spend some time on uh, some contemporary issues that really have been making the news and really have gone viral uh, of late and really involve grievous things such as racial injustice. Um, And we want to spend this episode with our listeners and with the flock and with the people that we love the most, trying to, to share a little bit pastorally of how we should, as Christians, think about these things and what we should do. So there have been multiple incidents over the past couple of weeks, Warren. Maybe you can kind of catch our listeners up on some of the incidents that have uh, transpired recently. Uh, Yeah, and I'm sure people are tracking with many of these. So we have the incident of Christian Cooper in Central Park, where he's literally just bird watching and runs into a a white woman who takes offense of him when he asked her just to leash her dog, which was the law. And then she actually involves calling the police, acts like she's threatened. So that was disturbing to watch that, certainly. But then with the George Floyd uh, incident, where we hear him crying out, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And not only with the policeman that was on him, but there were other policemen around as well. Those are hard images to even get out of your mind. They are so tragic. They are so unjust. They create so many emotions within you. Uh, they even can be hard to process. So, it, you know, alarming is an understated word. It's much more than that. It's disheartening. It's disillusioning. It's grieving. It probably evokes things like anger uh, as well, understandably. So they're, they're just grievous issues, and, and we're seeing them right in front of us. So that's what we want, we want to address it. You know, how to, as Christians, how do we at least begin to think about this type of stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we need to give voice to this because it is very sickening mm-hmm. um, to watch and to see these things portrayed in video, knowing that this is contemporary. I mean, this is real right. time. For Christian leaders, if you will, and for our church, why is it important that we draw attention to racial injustice? It's important because it's ultimately a, a function of God's character, God's very nature, right? We're all made in the image of God. And so because of that, there's inherent dignity in each person. Christ died for the sins of the world, so there's redemption for all people. Creation and redemption speak to the value of of the people that God's created. Um, And God's a God of justice. Uh, These kinds of things uh, really in our assault on the glory of God, on the beauty of what God created, it does show us just how fallen the world is. Um, These people made in God's image do horrible things to people made in God's image. And, and that's so horrific about this and so saddening about this. So we have to pay attention to it. Justice is, is a, you know, it flows from the gospel. Uh, it flows from the cross. The cross shows us not only the love of God, it shows us the justice of God. It shows us what sins deserve. So God never takes any sin for granted. And so right. when we look at the cross and see, well, well, the cross shows the love and the grace of God and the justice 
and wrath of God speaks to the very nature of God himself. So there is something of a recognition too, and maybe this should have been a disclaimer, uh, at no point is this going to be the end-all, be-all conversation with regards no. to racial injustice. But we do want to raise awareness. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I think we can both say for far too long, being Caucasian, being white, there has been a, uh, a difficulty, if you will, of even bringing these types of conversations up. Part of that difficulty is we don't want to sound as if we are, are truly have experienced or have the experiential aspects of people of color, you know, whether right. you're black, whether you're Latino, uh, right now, Asians um, are right. experiencing a lot of uh, fallout right now with regards to the coronavirus and so mm -hmm. forth. But we do want to raise awareness with regards mm -hmm. to racial injustice. I do need to ask this question because I know some of our listeners might even be wrestling with this. Is a social justice concern incongruent in any way, shape or form with gospel centeredness? I don't think so. I think it's an application of the gospel. It's not the gospel itself, but it is an application of the gospel. Uh, as right, we'll tease that out, because I think that's an important distinction. I think, again, it's not the gospel itself. There's no greater message than the gospel. So um, that Christ died for our sin, all people are sin. This illustrates the very problem. This illustrates the reason why God had to come. Uh, mm -hmm. You can understand the grief in God's heart of this. I, I think about the times of Noah, where it grieved heart. God's heart of how, you know, what men were doing. And I think, well, these things grieve the heart of God. So that's what motivates the gospel, right? He, he sees sin, he sees the ruin of sin, and yet he does something, he intervenes. But that then changes who we are. So how do we love one another? How do we love the world? How we're even told to love our enemies, all functions out of the gospel. So all things ultimately have gospel centeredness. So uh, relational conflict, how does the gospel function? Well, we forgive in light of God's forgiveness of us. There's a gospel motivation behind that, not just a relational peace, the psychological well-being. There's, there's always gospel implications and gospel foundations to this. So I think that's where it comes from. Uh, this is an application of the gospel of Christ. And I think that's what informs even our res our response to it. All right, that's good. That's good. And because of the gospel, we we are pro life, and pro life mm -hmm. being in every sense of the word, not just anti abortion, right, right. and the protection right. of the unborn, but also all life matters. Um, and because in a very real sense, because we are made in God's image, we're all called to be our brother's keeper. Mm -hmm. You know, in this regard, help us. You know, if you will, as Christians. How should we think, you know, through these things? Because I know for myself, a range of emotions, mm -hmm. you know, from, from tears to mm -hmm. anger, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, just lament, I mean, mm -hmm. whole range. So how should we as Christians process all that's taking place right now? And I appreciate, and I want to reiterate what you said in the beginning. This is the beginning of a response and of a conversation. This is not the the whole response of this. So I wouldn't want to portray that in the next, you know, 10, 15 minutes, we're going to grasp all this and diagnose everything that should happen or prescribe. We're just touching the surface. Uh, but I think we're touching the surface with important starting points. I think one is grief. We should grieve. We should grieve over the loss of a life. We should grieve over injustice. We should grieve over hatred. We should grieve over racism. These are things that should provoke our grief. And I think that's just consistent to Christian faith and Christian love. So I think grief, I think another thing we have to really think about is understanding. And normally I might say the word empathy. 
that we would have empathy for how people feel about this. But I, I think probably the starting place in this is understanding that we probably don't fully understand what this even means to others. It can be hard to fully empathize with someone when you've not walked in their shoes. So I, I think about you, you know, I love you, brother. And I, in one sense, feel and grieve over your sickness, but I don't have chronic fatigue. I don't know what it's like to be at home, in bed, tired day after day, year after year. I can do my best to try to understand. I can do my best to care, but I don't have all the empathy that I would like to have. So I think if we began by probably understanding that we don't understand all the issues, we can't feel what other people are, are fully feeling, which means we should ask questions and seek to understand rather than tell people, I feel what you're feeling. They might look back and say, no, you don't. <laughs> I know how this, I know how I feel about this. I'm saddened and I'm angry. Those are my first two emotions. I am saddened by this. I'm really angry about this because of the injustice of it. But you know what I'm not? I'm not fearful for myself and I'm not fearful for my children. Why well, is that? Uh, because I'm Caucasian. I don't walk around thinking right. this is going to happen to me or that this right. could happen to my children. Uh, right. could, want, could, could I see my son in that place? I don't walk with that fear. But I would guess if I was a black person, I might have that fear. How will my child be treated by others, just in culture, and then also by authorities who have power? And what recourse do I have? And then when you have a history on top of that of no recourse, and I, I think even this, what we're seeing, and this may be one of the blessings of cell phones, we're seeing things. Uh, folks, we're probably only seeing the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> There's probably more, more happening than we're ever aware of. And it's happened much longer than we're aware of. So I think if it doesn't happen in your world, you're not aware it, ex it exists. The world suffers from illness all around the world, right? Life-threatening diseases, malaria, yellow fever. It's just out of our mind. But we have a pandemic right now, and it's brought, it's brought viruses to our mind because it's affecting us. Some of these things, they don't have personal effect on us, and therefore I don't think we notice, and we, we may not spend the time thinking through the way we as Christians really could think through. And so I'm starting there that I can be angry, and so maybe I can share some emotions that way, but not to the depth. I don't have a history of this, and I, I just don't have the experience with this the way others do, and I don't carry the fear. I mean, I taught my children to be respectful if a policeman ever pulled them over, but I didn't teach them that out of fear of harm being done to them, and yet that's, we've seen enough pictures that that can, that can happen. Well, I have friends that, that they uh, grew up, and they were, they were taught Make sure when you're ever stopped by a police officer, if you roll down your window, put your hands out the window mm -hmm. for anything, right? You know, um, and and that's that's certainly not the response, you know, and and not the process, you know, that that my yeah. dad shared with me, you know, growing yeah. up. And then nope. Um, and now in this age of cell phones, we're we're just being made more aware of what's existed for eons, you know. Yes. So this isn't an issue that's going to go away tomorrow or any way like that. But there is a call for Christians, you know. And mm -hmm. I think you you hit it well. We 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 understand there's only so far that our empathy can go. Uh, but it's not wrong to be angry. It's no. not wrong to be angry at injustice because this yeah. is an abuse of power. Uh, what we saw, uh, it was not used in a manner to actually serve the community, right? You know, but it was abusive. You know, yes. um, now these officers have been fired, uh, which I believe is just, which I believe mm -hmm. is, is accurate. But I, I, I hope that there's actually going to be more action, legal action, uh, that's going to be brought in, in a way that sends a message. You know, mm -hmm. um, to to everyone, and, and I, I have great respect for office 
of a police, but with any power, there is responsibility. Yeah. You know, and, um, and so that would go for anybody in authority. And you see that even in the Old Testament, uh, not about politicals, but even religious authority that abused their authority. God was yeah. angry. Um, yeah, he was angry absolutely. at priests who misused and took advantage of people and lived for their own good. So people of authority have much higher standards that they are called to live for. They, they, they are not supposed to be ever leveraging their power. It's service, and they need to be more restrained. Uh, because the, the people on the other side don't have a lot of power. And we see that very clearly. Even to speak sometimes reasonably, I can't breathe. Or I mean, There's just so many of these instances. I'm, I'm putting my hands, I'm reaching for my wallet, where there's explanation and still tragic ending. And that's where I think I would hope as a, a community of Christians, particularly a community of, of white Christians, we would understand the history. And we would even have somewhat try to understand why is this so disillusioning to others, disheartening. And I think we have just a ways to go to, to learn about that. If we're humble enough, we'll, yeah. we'll recognize that. Absolutely. And I think that there's, there, there needs to be an assumption of we don't understand. And right. so when I need to, I need help. Yeah. And so we are predominantly white congregation. Like there's a, it doesn't mean that there's an absence of color, but it is only a sprinkling, you know, mm -hmm. as I tell some of my friends. How should we as Christians grow, you know, in this area of, of understanding? What would be some of the recommendations that you'd have for us as a, as a church? We probably have to start by examining our own hearts to a degree. Um, so I do think we have to start there. Is this an issue that concerns me at all? I do see... Christians can be very upset about abortion, rightfully so. Are we just as upset about racism? And if not, there's just an inconsistency. If God points that out to us, may we thank God to rescue us. That's just showing inconsistency in our life. We have all sorts of inconsistencies in our life, and God wants to rescue the, uh, us from those. So I would say to people, well, if you're upset ab about abortion and, and that agitates you and angers you and, and even activates you, well, how about racism? Um, does it do the same thing? So I think one, looking at our own hearts. I think two, praying, Lord, give me a heart. Lord, help me to grow in understanding. Uh, so I think sometimes before we act, we should pray. Uh, but then certainly trying to understand, which be talking to our friends who may be people of color. How does this affect you? I just want to understand. I don't want to comment to the situation. I don't want to comment to, you know, <laughs> the process. I just want to understand how it's impacting you. What's it done to you? And how can I care for you in something like that? And so I think it would start there and then listen, ask clarification questions. I think those are the kinds of things we do. And, and live in that moment. Don't move to other issues. In that, you said, listen, you know, well, mm -hmm. we, we get a mandate, an injunction, if you will, from James, yeah. which is actually going to be coming up even this yeah. Sunday. Um, but James 1.19, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear. Right. Slow to speak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Slow to respond mm -hmm. in anger. Mm -hmm. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Be quick to hear. Right. It does sadden me um, that there is on social media, it seems like be quick to post. Mm -hmm. <laughs> be quick to air your thoughts mm -hmm. um, rather than be quick to hear. Mm -hmm. um, so. How can we take that, you know, Warren, and really kind of 
again, knowing that this is not an, an end all conversation, this is a beginning. But mm -hmm. how can we do this? Because I know that when we have guests that are of a color and I meet them on a Sunday morning mm -hmm. um, and, and did this recently uh, with a couple, dear couple, and, and really appreciate them. But one of the first questions I ask them, I say, would you mind if I ask you, how are you doing being in a predominantly white church? You know, I, I'm, I'm asking them, I'm curious. Right. Um, if, the, if the shoe was on the other foot, I really don't know how I would respond. Right. You know, right. and, and then I thank them for the courage mm -hmm. that it takes for them to step into a predominantly white church, um, even though that was filled with fellow believers and everything else. Mm -hmm. It takes guts. Mm -hmm. uh, and so help me, you know, and help us, you know, how can we listen well? How can we ask good questions? It starts with really an asking and determination to listen. So you, you just illustrated a good question. How do you feel? What's it like for you to be here? Uh, so a question about this. How does, uh, you know, the death of George Floyd yep. affect George you? Floyd. Just how does that affect you? Uh, how's the vignette in Central Park? How's that? What's that do to you? And just listen. While we may not be able to fully empathize, I think it takes us on the path of empathy. Kim and I were in a movie. There were only two couples in the movie, and I can't remember which one it was, whether it was Hidden Figures or Selma uh, or one of those. But, but it was, and it really, it was, it was a black couple and ourselves. And at the end of the movie, we just felt really compelled by the spirit and said, could we take you out for dinner and just hear what you think about the movie? And even there, I assumed, does this even feel patronizing? And I even asked right, them, right. You know, does even my request right. to have an offense to it? Because it could, I could be well-meaning and I was well-meaning and be offensive nonetheless. And why I don't think I could own the intent of being harmful, I could certainly own the effect. Right. You know, my right. intent was caring. My intent, my intent really was, I want to learn. And we did. And they, we took them out for dinner. And we had a wonderful time with them at dinner. I found out they were actually a believing couple. But we just asked them question after question. What was their That's experience? Great in the movie, what's it been like for them in the community, how they interpret our invitation. You're just asking right. questions. That's and those well kinds of questions, I think, at least get us started. I think it's a longer journey. I've read stuff. There's many things. And if anybody has not read anything, you should start reading something. I would encourage if you have no, if you haven't started, start with Ben Watson's Under My Skin. Yes. Um, yeah. That that's where I would book. start. Uh, it's a great book. He's writing from a Christian perspective, tight end for world champion, you know, New England Patriots, football player, you know, went for a season to one of our sister churches. Um, and I think that was a great starting point. Uh, I don't think it's the end right. point, but it's a great starting point to at least begin to understand even the questions you should be asking. Right. And I think that we can, you know, in future episodes, we can bring some recommendations along right. those ways as well. But what do you think of the process of cultivating lament and grief over racial injustice? Uh, well, the Bible does it. Um, so I, I think we see it in scripture, particularly, you know, prophets and Psalms, they're, they're crying out. And I think just learning to lament. And that's where I want to go with these things. I, I can go to anger, to the injustice side. Uh, even in these movies that I've sat in, there's, you can't help but be angry to see the injustice that, that happened. But am I lamenting? Because uh, lamenting also reflects the heart of God. Um, so I think I want to be on that side, which may also help me to get to a heart of understanding. So this is something I think we grieve. You know, when we brought up uh, Ahmad Arbery, that was one of the things we talked about there. We should grieve. This is the loss of a life. Uh, a son is not there on Mother's Day. You know, right. that family, right. this family, 
uh, his family is going to be forever affected. No matter what justice happens, and we want to pray for justice, the loss doesn't get fixed. The loss is the loss. That grief, we, we, hopefully we would understand. And, but lament's got a great biblical place in scriptures. Yeah, so I mean, there, there's there's so much that that can be said, but I, I do appreciate you know some of the ways that you're bringing some wisdom, you know, for us as a church, you know, Warren, and and obviously this is not uh, just the the last conversation, you know, no. to have in this direction. Uh, we do want to see um, that's one of the convictions, especially for this year, was that we want to be a church that loves well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and so this this all fits under that category. You know, God mm-hmm. has loved us well. We're called to love others well. We're called to be our brother's keeper. Um, and so may we as a church grow, you know, in mm-hmm. this, you know, lament where we've been silent, mm-hmm. um, you know, grieve and mourn over those things, but also take courage, you know, to listen well um, and to to really care, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to step up. So I appreciate you you taking the time to do this. And I know, that, again, this was part of your burden as well you know, mm-hmm. for us pastorally. So, so thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I really do. Any, any other final thoughts that you have or anything? Uh, nope. I, this all makes me long for the coming of Christ when, when injustice ultimately is finally ended. <laughs> until right. then, Everything is made the, right. Yep. And until then, may the gospel bring hope to people. I mean, the gospel is still our solution and our great cause. And we, we just, this is what will change the world. <laughs> That's it. That's well said, brother. Yeah. Well said. Well, listen, church, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Church Matters. Again, Warren, thank you for your time and being with us today. And until the next episode, we love you, church. God bless. Mm-hmm.